I was engaged also before starting medical school. I got engaged, I think, a year before starting medical mm -hmm. school. And that intimidated me because I knew that I was going to have to move. And I don't know. I just knew that the world was my oyster still. And the fact that I hadn't gotten to experience any of it yet, I, I wasn't ready to make that kind of decision. It was a... Uh, it was not easy for me and it was really hard. And so I posted that first week of medical school video. But meanwhile, it was only a few weeks in where into medical school that I was like, I have to end my engagement. It starts with just taking that leap. Man, you have to work hard. You have to be incredibly smart. Choose something that even if it fails, even if it fails you are going to be proud of. It doesn't matter how badly you got beaten. Be kind, be kind, be kind. Become a better person, a better leader, a better business. Go with your gut. <laughs> I'm Samuel Donner, and this is Finding Founders. 10,000 subscribers overnight and soaring to 50,000 a few days later, Rachel Southerd was shocked to learn that her YouTube video documenting her first week of medical school was gaining attention so quickly. Growing up, Rachel wanted to try everything, and after pushing through feelings of doubt in her early school years and seeing the incredible work doctors do, she began her journey to med school. Wanting to document her experience, Rachel started vlogging and recording her many weeks of hard work in medical school, not afraid to show the good and the bad. Rachel created a community founded on emotional vulnerability and authenticity. Rachel did not always know what she wanted to do in terms of medicine. And instead, she just grew up feeling that she was behind the other kids. Also, Rachel didn't always know she wanted a career in medicine. Instead, growing up, she felt that she was behind the other kids in her neighborhood. My name is Rachel Southerd, and I am currently a fourth year medical student. I'm graduating in two days. And then I also create content on YouTube and trying to inspire others to work for their dreams. To achieve the success that you've had, just like being a creator would be its own thing. Like, like that's impressive in itself. But then to pair that with like going through medical school and then making videos about your experience there. That's like a Herculean effort. Can you tell me a little bit about like some of your first memories growing up? Was this something that was just like always expected? Was this in the family or was it a pretty far away when you were like a kid? Growing up, my parents, I feel like I got super lucky because my parents were never pressuring me or my sister to do one thing with our life. They really let us take the wheel of our own lives and just kind of figure out what we wanted to do, which was nice. So I want to try everything and just be good at whatever I do. So didn't have much um, structure in terms of what I needed to do with my life. What did your parents encourage or what were your interests growing up? So like I, I like to sing a lot. And for some reason, acting seemed really fun. But that's obvious. And I don't know if that kind of bled into why I like to create content and be, you know, behind a camera or in front of a camera. And if my like creative aspect of me has anything to do with that. But I also really liked vet stuff, veterinary medicine, because um, I love animals. And I was always an outdoors kid that would pick up snakes and catch birds. And You would pick up snakes? Yeah, I would. I couldn't even believe it. When I was little, there's pictures of me with snakes, live snakes, just not afraid of anything. So those are kind of my interests. But I also was just like a free spirit little kid who just liked to play outside. And I just kind of waited for something to fall into my lap. It sounds like you kind of knew what you were interested in pretty early on or, or didn't fear exploring those things? Would you say you were 
like a pretty secure kid and like confident kid or did you struggle with that at all? I was not a confident kid growing up and I think it was who I was surrounded by and who I was raised with. I was raised with just other kids in the neighborhood who had they just seemed so much smarter than I was and I was always very intimidated by that. I could not read fast. I hated reading. I hated school. I didn't want to learn anything, but then I would I would hang out with these kids who read every Harry Potter book, every you know, they read everything and I could not keep up and I just felt stupid. And so I, I lacked confidence in that way. And it took a long time to grow and realize that I just had to apply myself, which I wasn't ready to. I wanted, like I said, to play outside and, you know, get dirty outside. I remember sitting in one of the girls' rooms and they had a bunk bed. I remember sitting next to them and they had a book out and they were reading it out loud. And they were, we were both reading it together, but they were going so fast down the page that, and they flipped the page and I wasn't even done. And I was just like, that hurts because I, I don't know what's going, I don't know what's going on and they're reading through it and I should be able to keep up. We're the same grade, we're the same age. And that kind of just, I shut down, I remember. And I was like, you know what, I'm not, I'm just going to get out of the room. I'm going to go play, do whatever, because I just, I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this. These girls are so much smarter than I am and, and they already know what they're going to do with their lives. They want to do, you know, be in some sort of biology thing. They want to be mathematicians. They want to be chemical, whatever they wanted to do. And I was like, my brain's not there yet. When did you start to maybe take charge of that a bit more and be like, okay, like maybe my brain isn't like this now, but maybe it could be. It took a very long time, even through high school. I still didn't want to apply myself and I didn't want to learn. I didn't read a single book in high school. Didn't do, I did book reports, but you know, Cliff Notes was a thing. And so I was I, there too. You know, yeah. so <laughs> I couldn't do any of that. And I graduated from high school doing really well, but then I was like, well, I should go to college, right? I guess I'll go to community college. And that's finally when I was like, I have a new beginning. I can take charge of my abilities and I can start pushing myself to, to apply myself. And that's really when I started taking charge. So college was like the big movement towards that. But I guess a little bit before that, was there anything that came up in your family that you were more conscious of either like healthcare or the health system? My cousin got in a really bad car accident when I was in community college. He was not going to make it had it not been for the surgeons that saved his life. Can you tell me about the moment that you learned that your cousin was injured? Okay, so my cousin, without naming him, he is probably my closest cousin that I have. One morning, my mom came into my room super early, and she sat down, and I was just like, oh, gosh. And she's like, your cousin was in a really bad accident, and they don't know how he's doing, but we need to go to the hospital. And obviously, immediately, I'm just frying. We pack up, we get to the hospital, and I'm just like looking through the glass of the sliding door in the ICU, and I see this person that is that I'm super close to and that I just had seen the other day. And he's just in complete shambles, you know, tubes coming out of everywhere, IVs everywhere. It was the most graphic thing I've ever seen. It was devastating. And so it took a long time um, for him to recover and he had so many surgeries. Yeah, what was it like going through each of those surgeries? I remember going through finals and studying every single day. And I was in the waiting room for a lot of the time. And I'd stay there in the waiting room forever outside of visiting hours. Then we would have meetings with the surgeon or the doctor. And they'd say, hey, this is his status. He's going to require this surgery. It's going to be a big one. And 
getting those updates, as comforting as it was to know that he is in such good hands because he's at such a great hospital, is also just like, is he going to make it through this next surgery? Is he still going to be the guy that I know, you know, before this crazy accident? And so how did those surgeries go? And they all went so well. And the work that those physicians did, he is completely restored. He's a normal guy. He's the same guy that I knew before the accident. And it really was a complete miracle. It took a long time. He had to learn how to walk again. And so I remember seeing at the hospital, I spent a lot of time in the meetings with the doctors, filling us in on what was going on and being bedside with him and all his tubes and chest tubes and IVs, all of these things. And it definitely sparked an interest in, wow, this is a really incredible field. And these people are making the biggest difference. And that is something that I, I want to do something like that and leave that behind. But it was just at that point, it was just something like that. It wasn't necessarily right. that. It wasn't necessarily that. It was just, I got a little taste of it, of the, yeah. what's, what's like being in a hospital and seeing what they do and the outcome or product of their work. So what were you learning about what you wanted to do as you went through community college? In community college, I started, I ended up being a kinesiology major because I thought I wanted to do physical therapy because kind of leading back to the accident with my cousin, a lot of physical therapists had to work with him because he shattered, you know, half his body. So I saw how they work. I was like, physical therapy sounds awesome. So maybe I'll just start with that in community college and start being on the track to when I transfer, I can get a kinesiology degree. And so that's what I started learning about. And that's when I took the like anatomy and physiology and dissected my first cadaver. And then everything started coming together really nicely. So as you were getting deeper into your community college years, how did that experience start to shape what you wanted to learn and the with the intensity with which you wanted to learn it? Seeing the knowledge that the doctors had that was really inspiring to me. I was like, wow, I really would like to to be at that level. You know, whether it's the same career or not, I, I wanted to do more and start learning more and getting into the more science-based classes like anatomy and physiology. I was like, holy smokes, this is incredible. Dissecting a cadaver for the first time. Absolutely insane. Yeah. What was that like? Can you tell me about oh that? Oh, my gosh. Yes, I felt so territorial over that cadaver with my group because I want to dissect. I want to learn everything. I want to spend after hours with this cadaver learning from this wonderful person who donated their body to science. And it was amazing. It was it was you never see someone without their skin. And it sounds weird to say that, but it is the body is really, really fascinating. So did this solidify? Okay, maybe like this is a path that I might have the skill set for. How did you dive further into that? I remember bridging from physical therapy to, okay, I'm going to go to medical school and become a physician instead. And I remember thinking, okay, I think I want to make this change and go to medical school. And I sat down in my room with my mom. I remember my mom came to my room. She sat on my bed with me and I told her, I think I want to go to medical school. I think I want to be a doctor. Do you think I could do it? She said, absolutely, Rachel. She's like, I, if there's anyone who could do it and put their mind to it, it'd be you. And from that moment, just a split second, a conversation on a random Saturday afternoon, it turned into the whole change of my life and the de determination and the work ethic really started to changed because I was working towards something that I was like, yes, this feels good to say this. This is what I want to do. This is why I'm here. I'm supposed to do this. Wow. So after community college, where did you go? After community college, I transferred to San Francisco State University and I took six years to do undergrad, but then I got my bachelor's in kinesiology. I got the minor in chemistry. And then I also had the associates from the community college. So then I guess two questions. How did you inspect this dream of being a physician as you went through undergrad 
And how did you feel about what you learned? Yes. So I think that once I transferred to San Francisco State that I started to really identify with this whole pre-med. You're only pre-med on a basis that you actually get accepted into medical school. But I was like, I'm going to identify as a pre-medical student. That's what I'm going to tell people. And I feel like the more that I told people, the more that I felt secure and believed in what I was doing. And yeah, I started to volunteer in the emergency department and I started to shadow physicians. The only physician that I really shadowed was a cardiothoracic surgeon. So it was pretty intense. And the schedule and the the hours that I worked with him, I worked so much with just a few shadowing shifts. And I got all the hours that I needed just from like two or three surgeries with him because they were so intensive. But at the same time, I'm really grateful for that opportunity because I got a taste of really intense medicine, surgery, cardiothoracic surgery, looking at the beating heart in a chest during a cabbage. It was the most beautiful thing ever. And me being really young and naive and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, I'm like, this is awesome. And even though the surgeon was exhausted and he's like, I got two hours of sleep last night, don't do medicine. That's what I mean. They're just saying, like, you want to have a life? Like, don't do medicine. That's what he said? Yeah. He said, don't do it. Don't do medicine. But to me, I, I just am like, I still want to do medicine because this stuff, I mean, of course, it's a lot of work, but there's got to be a reason why they still get up every day and come to work and do these really crazy things and helping people improve their lives or saving their life, you know? So as I started collecting data of what it was actually like to be a physician, which I never would actually know until, you know, I get there, but... I was like, even though this seems really intimidating and like a lot of work, it's something that I could see myself doing and I could see myself being happy. And I think as long as finding the balance in life, then you can be happy. I don't want to be doing a nine to five. I'd rather be doing paperwork at a hospital than paperwork in a cubicle in an office somewhere. It's just that's more of my style. So as you went to the end of your undergrad, what are you thinking about that next step? You're beginning to study for the MCAT, I imagine, too. And that also was around the same time that you would start YouTube. So it's getting towards the end of my undergrad. And I'm the type of person who I'm going to take my time. There's no need to rush. So I think that I was a little bit older with finishing undergrad compared to my peers who just did their right out of high school four-year track. I did the six years, like I said, and I actually wanted to wait until I graduated to take the MCAT. A lot of people will overlap those, but I really like to live in the moment and just experience, you know, everything that there is to do at that time. And so I wanted to enjoy graduation and and work. And I, I had a job. I'd been working multiple jobs throughout that whole time. So I it's like, I, I, want, I need to work still. I can't just not work. And so I was like, I'll take the MCAT during my gap year because it'll take me a year to get into medical school anyway. So I'll take the MCAT when I'm ready and then move forward. So I ended up taking the MCAT twice. I graduated, studied for a few months because you only need like kind of eight weeks or so. I think I used three months to study for the MCAT the first round. And studying for that was really intense because it Unlike community college or undergrad where you're just kind of studying for like a small exam at a time, you're studying for this huge six to eight hour exam and just the heaviest material ever. And there's not really a right way to study for it. It's just a matter of how much information can you cram in there. And there's like multiple different sections and not necessarily my best subjects either. There's physics on it, I think. And there's like a literature portion, which I still hated reading at the time. So I studied for the MCAT. I took it and I did terrible. <laughs> I did really bad. And 
that was definitely a hit to my confidence. And there I go, kind of back to the young Rachel of, God, I really, am I going to be able to do this? I'm, I'm, I'm dumb and I, I won't be able to make it as much as I would like to. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. I had one day of feeling like that. And that's when I opened the exam score. But I was like, I have no other choice but to take this again. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to study. And a lot of people take it a second time. I am really no different than the majority. And it's not going to stop me. So studied again. And I took it a few months later. And I did so much better. And I think that the the determination and I had a little fire lit under my butt of how to just try again and do better the next time. And so I did way better and I was so happy about it. And then, you know, applying to medical school, uh, interviews, all of that stuff, and then getting accepted. I finally started in 2019. So when did you start the YouTube channel? The YouTube channel started a little bit before I was going to take the MCAT the first time. And I started filming fun content uh, just of my life. Those videos are private now because they're awful. I don't think I really had my first video until like my MCAT reaction or my the day of the MCAT I filmed. And the reason why I wanted to start the YouTube channel was just for myself and honestly to just send to family members that I wasn't really talking to all the time and being like, hey, here's a link. Like, this is what I've been up to. And I love photography. I love videography. I've always loved it. And it's like, let's tinker around with iMovie and film some stuff. And I'd watched so many vloggers on YouTube that I was fascinated by how they shared their life. And I wanted to do the same, not knowing that it would turn into what it actually turned into. So can you talk, walk me through the developments in your channel up to that point? And also the developments in your 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 life outside the channel um, up to the point where we get to your first week in medical school, because that seems like a pretty big, big shift. There was a a lot going on and just the this was going to be the first time that I was going to move out of my house um, move out away from my family for the first time and be a, a distance away because we live in the Bay Area at the time and then moving down to Southern California I was like oh my gosh I am a homebody I need to be with my parents I don't want to fly the coop and so that was another uh, area of growth in my life that I was going to have to do. But I was like, well, I have no choice and it's going to be a new chapter, all those things. And so um, with the channel, it, I've never really thought about what I'm going to film. I just knew that I wanted to do vlogs. I just wanted to show people what I was experiencing and just be a, the, the average classic vlogger of this is what I'm doing today. This is how I'm moving. This is where I'm moving to. And this is how I'm going to decorate my room and just take them along with the process. Because as much as it was for me to produce content for others, it was also just to document and have a diary of my life so I could look back on. And I was engaged also before starting medical school. I got engaged, I think, a year before starting medical school. And that intimidated me because I knew that I was going to have to move. And um, I had got engaged, I think, at age 23 um, to uh, my best friend and who I had been with for a few years. And we had been best friends for many years before that. Um, and it was, it wasn't unexpected, but, um, I also just, I don't know the timing of it. I, I knew that I had so much growing to do in my life. I don't know if I was ready for that step and being so young, I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is a big deal. And I'm still, I still have to do medical school and I have to get through all these hurdles. And you know, as much as I love to share my life with others, it was just really scary to have that pressure. Like, not only do I have to go through four years of medical school and beyond, I'm going to have to have the pressure of maintaining a full-on relationship at such a young age. 
Um, and so that definitely crossed my mind um, when I was proposed to. I don't know. I just knew that the world was my oyster still. And the fact that I hadn't gotten to experience any of it yet, I I wasn't ready to make that kind of decision. And so I honestly, yeah, it was not the easiest yes, but I said yes anyways because I love that person very much. And I was like, well, the relationship is probably going to be destroyed if I say no. But so, um, so I said yes. And then, um, but then I kind of knew that leading up to moving and all these changes, I, the only way to feel secure within myself was knowing that I'm the only person other than my family that is in my future. That That's all. I don't know about anything else. And I have all of these uncertainties and, and the pressures of having a relationship just scared me a lot. And so I knew that when I moved, I was like, the distance is probably going to make us grow apart. And that'll then I'm just going to have to cut it from there. And it sounds awful, but it was uh, it was not easy for me and it was really hard. And so I posted that first week of medical school video. But meanwhile, it was only a few weeks in where into medical school that I was like, I have to end my engagement. And I think it was the week before a final exam or the weekend before a final exam that I did it. I think it was like a Friday. Wait, could we could we uh, backtrack a little bit? Because now, so you're, you, you've been proposed to, you said yes, but you have all these like questions about what the future is going to look like. So you're a li- still a little uncertain, but you're engaged. Um, you move to uh, go to medical school, right? And you're making videos about your your time there. Initially, you said it was just for family, right? It's just like, all right, I'm going to put some YouTube videos on instead of sending family group texts. Did you ever get like a couple of views where like, wait, this is maybe more than my family members and my friends? Yeah. So like I said, sending it to family was a huge thing. But I realized that I was getting comments of people that are experiencing the same thing or appreciating the way that they could relate to me in that, yeah, they're not seeing some prodigy, you know, starting and having this trial and error. And then I really started thinking, well, hey, this is a perfect little like niche here on YouTube that you don't, there's not a big space for it yet. There was a few creators that were in the medical field, but they're far along and I didn't see anyone that was starting this process. And so I was like, maybe I can start recording and documenting my life to share with others because I wish that I had something that I can go look up on YouTube and find. And I want to relate to someone who's, you know, their parents aren't doctors or they don't come from like a really wealthy background or something like that. I want to see someone who's doing it, like starting from scratch on their own, you know? And so I started to document it and the feedback that I was getting, it was positive. It was like, wow, I can really relate to this or I appreciate you sharing this. And Although it was hard to share, they started to really appreciate the vulnerability that I was portraying through the videos, which has been my goal this entire time is just be transparent. Did any of those initial videos receive any initial traction? And when did you start to see like, you know, video get maybe a wider audience of like maybe a couple thousand? Out of the first few videos, it was definitely that reaction one of me not doing well. And then the comeback of me doing well, I think those were the most popular videos at the time. And it was just kind of like the the success story. And those people who watched me fail the first time, they came back around for the second one. And they're like, Rachel, we're so proud of you. And I started to feel a sense of community on the channel already at such a young stage. But it was not until I posted that first week of medical school video that I really gained a lot of traction. And that's kind of, I think, what 
made the channel just explode from there. And then as a product from that, people would watch those MCAT videos after the fact. You make a video about your first week of medical school. Can you tell me about the making of that video and posting that? First week of medical school video, I wanted it to just be a moment-to-moment depiction of what the first week was like. I didn't want to sugarcoat it. I I wanted to be really raw and honest about what my expectations were for myself, which was at the time getting up at, you know, like I got up at like 4.30 or 5 a.m., went to the gym. I wanted to go to bed at 9 p.m., but then we had this, we got right into the curriculum immediately, and I quickly found that that was not going to be feasible for me. People could do it, but I was like, okay, my habits are going to have to change. I'm going to stop with the 9 p.m. bedtime really quick. And uh, I I wanted to document the process. And I think even across that week, you could see the change of me have, coming in with certain expectations and ending the week with, okay, I'm going to have to adapt really quick here because I'm going to get left behind if I don't. And um, it was really, it was a fun experience. And editing that video, I was like, I had no expectations of it doing well. I was I just wanted to put it up there. Is there any initial reaction to that on your channel? Initially, it was it got a few thousand views right off the bat and I was shocked and I remember I went to a party. It was a it was a kind of a a, a shindig with all the first years and people started subscribing to my channel and um, one of my friends thinks that that boosted me into the algorithm a little bit by having all these random people from from different locations technically um you know wherever they made their their youtube channel or or their username and having all these random people subscribe to me at the same time in the same night when i had this video that i had posted and that was already gaining a lot of traction i i don't know whether that's true or not but that video overnight i remember it got like you know 10,000 views or something like that. And all of a sudden I had 10,000 subscribers. And then a few days later I had 30,000 subscribers. And then a few days later I had like 50. It was like so quick. And it was just from that video. And that's when I realized that, oh my gosh, I think that I would like to be consistent with this and upload every single week and just document my life as a med student because not a lot of people had done it. Um, And that's when everything started to change. And I was working not only towards becoming a doctor, but also, you know, someone who could publish content. And that could be a business in itself, too. Like, I'm sure you follow Ali Abdal, but like, like that is someone who is a a doctor and extremely successful on YouTube um, and was still doing, uh, still being a doctor. Uh, Like, like the potential there is massive. So at that time, did you recognize the potential? No, no, I didn't. I'm very naive still in just that I'm doing it for fun. I'm doing it because it's my hobby. I'm doing it because it's what I love to do. And that was my form of balance that I, to get out of out of med school. So I wasn't just so I wouldn't go crazy. I had something to look forward to. I had a scheduled routine of editing and that was really therapeutic for me. You just pick up the camera. You just have to remember not to forget to pick up the camera. And um, just knowing that I want to document what I'm doing while I'm doing it instead of after the fact um, and saying, hey, I'm studying right now. I've been sitting here for eight hours and checking in with them, you know, every so hour or whatever it is. And Anything that I'm feeling, I was using the camera as almost therapy for me. 
Because if I was feeling upset, stressed, happy, mad, angry, I would not only call my mom, but I'd pick up the camera and start talking and automatically it would feel so much better. That It was just like a ritual. It was a weekly thing that I did and was a resource that I was using to feel better. And so I didn't focus on the business aspect of it too much right off the bat because like I said, I still wanted to enjoy it and it was still all so new. Did you feel that um, do you still feel that imposter syndrome and like, uh, like, do you feel like your mental state as you continue to go through medical school was, was like solid or was it, was it pretty hard those, those first two years? First two years, it was, it was definitely a roller coaster where you'd feel really good and then you do great on the exam, but then all of a sudden the next, the next week you're knocked on your butt by a really intense lecture and you're never going to do it. You're never going to be able to do medicine. You're going to fail. When I got to the neuro block of school, I was like this. I told my mom, I'm probably going to fail out of school and they're going to kick me out because I don't know anything. I can't retain this. And it's just a constant up and down and fighting. Yeah. Imposter syndrome and being around really intelligent people who seems it just it appeared that a lot of people could just study for a few hours and then they'd still go out. They'd party. They'd have be with their friends, their family, whatever, and just hang out and still do really well. But I felt like, dang, I'm having to put in 12 to 14 hours a day every single day. And I gave myself no time really for family or friends and just to do, you know, well versus someone that's doing maybe way less, um, but that's enough for them to do just as well. And so, of course, I was just like, dang, I maybe you're like, I'm I'm cut out a little differently, but I'm still going to try to accomplish the same goal as as the other person. What did you do to like to make that happen? I think it was the reinforcement of doing well on exams. I would know that hey, what I'm doing is working, and I don't really want to change it. Although yes, it's exhausting, and I am upset a lot of the time, and just really overstressed, and I'm losing hair and losing sleep. Um, it. Still, I was like, I cannot budge from this because this is, I don't want to risk not finishing school. I don't want to risk doing poorly because there's this thing with med school where you, everything counts because you have to get into residency and you, you want to get into a good residency and one bad mistake could destroy an opportunity later down the line. And so you're always having to perform to your top uh, ability. And yeah, so I just... I, I, I kept going and I kept pushing myself and looking back, yes, I would have liked to have more balance, but I don't know if it would have gotten me to this point that I'm in now. So then with the YouTube channel, how did you start to think about your YouTube channel? Like, did it, did it all change from just like, I, or, or did it stay the same where I'm just trying to vlog my life. I'm trying to do well in medical school. I'm not trying to turn this YouTube channel into like a big thing. I wanted to keep it the same just because it's what I felt comfortable in. I did try to do a few sit down videos. Um, because vlogging was really actually exhausting at times where I'm constantly having to expose myself to an extent on the internet. And, you know, you're still working Monday through Friday or, you know, <laughs> you're studying, but then you're also having to film and, and to think about the, the lighting and the angle that you're going to get. Did I get enough content for the week? Did I get a grabber? Kind of like not a clickbait, but do I have a main theme to this video? And I'm thinking about all these things while also trying to study as much as I was that it was it was stressful enough to think about it so I was like you know I'm just gonna vlog whatever's easy for me and and run with it but then I know that 
I knew it was going to have to evolve a little bit once I finished the preclinical years, which was years one and two, because um, then getting into years three and four was all rotations and being in the hospital clinics where I knew that I couldn't film, obviously. And so I was like, things are going to have to change. It was an interesting transition. It was definitely hard. I know those videos lacked a little bit, but I was just having to be more creative in ways that I got content. And this is when I really think that I learned how to film more deliberately and knowing the shot that I wanted to get so I could not only edit it quicker because I knew like, okay, this is going to go here, this is going to go there. But starting to pre-plan what I wanted to film and how I was going to get the content for the week. Um, it was hard. And yeah, some some weeks I lacked, but the community that I've built on the channel, they are so supportive that they were like, Rachel, we could watch you eat a bowl of cereal and we would watch you. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it just feels so nice to not have the pressure to create crazy type videos every single week. I could just be myself, show my life, and that was enough for them. And I, I could please people by doing that. So where is everything today and what are you looking forward most to the future? So I am graduating in two days and I'll be Dr. Rachel Southern, which is insane. And I will be starting my residency in obstetrics and gynecology uh, June 12th. So I'm relocating. I will be starting. And so not only is that a new chapter in my life that I've been working forever to get to, it's finally coming here and I'm so excited. And um, in terms of my channel, I feel so lucky that I got into a program, my number one uh, residency program, that they are very supportive of my channel. They they like it. They like that I'm, I've been sharing my journey and the struggles and all these things. And I'm hoping that I would like to continue to film and vlog, but also turn it into you know a space where I can educate others and like the general public, especially um, females about our bodies and start you know telling people about you know, pregnancy or menstruation or things like that, just things that I'm learning and turn it into more uh, an educational type thing along with vlogs because my heart and soul uh, is with vlogging. And so just doing both, showing what life is like as a resident physician working 80 hours a week for the next four years. If you were to go back to yourself or someone who uh, was kind of thinking the same things as you going into community college or in community college or out of high school maybe had inklings that they like a, like a suspicion that they wanted to go into the medical field what advice would you give that person i think it would be to realize that we can all maximize our potential whatever you know capacity it is and it, it's not always going to come easy but i think that if people if you want it and you want to work for it then you most absolutely will achieve it it's just a matter of time when um, and how much how much effort and the, so the dedication and the commitments there and the passion most importantly is there, then you will absolutely get what you want in life and make your life how you want it to be. You just have to be patient. Like you have time. We have time on our side. And I think that we pressure ourselves a lot to do things by some clock or a social clock. We have to do meet these certain milestones at certain points in life. But if you decide to have a life change uh when you're 30 years old then do it freaking do it you know <laughs> like don't let anyone stop you thank you so much for listening if you haven't already make sure to subscribe rate the podcast five stars and share with a friend if you have any questions or comments dm us at finding founders podcast on instagram linkedin or facebook 
Finding Founders is produced and hosted by me, Samuel Donner. Our chief of staff and operations is Jessica Lin. Our audio editing team lead is Adrian Tapia. Support from Irene Van Berkel, Matt Fernandez, Renee B. Cannon, Sophia Donner, David Saidi, Ashley Jimenez, Nicholas Guzman, Aaron Devereaux, Sanessa Gisley, and Lois Choi. Our outreach and research lead is Kenny Ong, with support from Sarah Hobson, Cherise Tan, Harushi Kanauchi, Kristen Hagelin, Aya Cortez, and Valencia Lu. Our writing team lead is Elizabeth Bowen with support from Aiden Ashworth, Nikki Mukawa, Sylvie Wong, and Eric Menno. Our design team lead is Shruti Ramanand with support from Tiffany Dang, Yao Liu, and Dina Gabriel. To see more of what we're up to, subscribe to our newsletter at findingfounders.co. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.